pace with the latest Trots news. Welcome to Gatespeed. Yes, time for Gatespeed, or green light on as we call it on a Thursday, and looking forward to getting the thoughts of Dan Malecki ahead of what is a monstrous weekend in the Trots. Uh, good afternoon to you, Danny. Good afternoon to you, Matt. It is a monstrous weekend, and just for a second there, I forgot where I was. I was thinking it's Monday <laughs> so again. Did I. <laughs> so did I. Mikey Gosar's put his hand up. We love you, Mike. Sorry about we that. All, we all make mistakes. That's all right. I was waiting <laughs> waiting for that riff at the very start of the show, you know, the, the, the Pearl Jam, and I, then I know what day it is, you see. <laughs> hey, Dan, interesting when you look at Saturday night, all the faves seem to have drawn well. They They have. That's a good point. Um, and as a result, we've got a number of short price favourites, but, um, there's still a couple of, uh, a tricky races des- despite that. I think, uh, Sean this week, particularly in the case of Ladies in Red, while she's drawn the front line, Tough Tilly's drawn barrier two, and each time Tough Tilly has had the better barrier draw, or the more advantageous barrier draw, she's beaten Ladies in Red three times, but otherwise, horses like, uh, Major Delight from barrier number one, when the barrier draws were taking place last weekend and her number was uh, taken out as barrier one. You should have heard the collective uh, audience there mm. when her barrier was brought out. It was almost a resignation of, of, of defeat yeah. that she could draw so well. But it's not necessarily the case um, with Tempting Tigress uh, drawn barrier number three, but I think it would take a, a pretty special effort for Major Delight's uh, colours to be lowered. Captain Ravishing, he's not a brilliant beginner, but... What he can do is hustle his way forward, and I think he's got the respect of all of his rivals. So he should be able to work his way to the top. And and in Cypher, she's the the favourite in the three-year-old Phillies final, and rightly so. Throughout her two-year-old career, um, I, I think many thought that she was probably the best in a in a good bunch of uh, two-year-old Phillies. But she would often draw poorly. But now, in some of the bigger races as a three-year-old, she's been getting better barrier draws, and I think she's been able to to highlight her class and I expect she'll be able to do the same again from Barrier 2 on Saturday night. He's extraordinary, extraordinarily short Captain Ravishing, isn't he, Dan? $1.15 fixed odds with the tab right now. It's almost not even worth putting into a multi for a bit of a boost there. It's, that's just <laughs> staggering. In a Group 1 race, $1.15 for a, for a three-year-old. Yeah, look, it is, and and he hasn't won a Group One yet. Uh, we all expect that it's likely to happen, but uh, you, there's been references made, uh, similarities to to Ride High, and uh, and Ride High when he was up and going, he was as exciting uh, a pace as we've seen for some time. But Ride High only ever won one Group One race, mm. and it's actually this race that Captain Ravishing is trying to win on Saturday night, the three-year-old Colts and Geldings Breeders' Crown Finals. So it'd be interesting to see if Captain Ravishing, and obviously we all expect that he should be able to win it, uh, and then he'd actually be level with Ride High for Group 1s. Dan, the, when you look at the market, he's $1.15. The nearest in the market is the, the pole marker, Kafaji, at $13. Surprises me a little bit. Kafaji is actually part owned by our program director, Andrew Bensley. And the horses, I've said a few times lately, he's found his mojo, as his figure form suggests. He is going well. He made up ground. Uh, he got too far back, I think, last week, but he made up ground uh, in pretty fast sectional time, so he gets a good gait. But I still thought Rip... Uh, should be the second favourite here, number three. He's a very good horse. You've only got to look at the horses he's been chasing home 
runner-up all four starts this preparation, including a derby. So um, I thought he was the, the clear top pick, but uh, Kafaji's got excellent claims to run top three. Yeah, we'll wait till uh, Andrew has a crack at him. Dan, I don't think he'll be $13. He might trim up a little bit in the market. Hey, the race that I'm probably most excited for on, on Saturday night is the two-year-old pacing division with the Lost Storm uh, and School Captain, both... Short enough in the market. The Lost Storm's $2.30. School Captain's at $2.40. And then you're out to $6 for Captain's Knock. But in terms of the group ones, this does look to be one of the more competitive ones. Oh, look, there's no doubt about that. Um, these two, the two horses that are disputing favouritism, they clashed um, uh, back in October. And it was School Captain who had the slightly better barrier draw. School Captain drew one. The Lost Storm drew three. And school captain was able to lower the Lost Storm's colours. So the first time that the Lost Storm and the only time that the Lost Storm has been beaten, school captain was able to beat him with advantage of the good gate. And he had the gate speed to keep him out and they ran time. They went 152.5. Now that was over the shorter trip. That was over 1700. This is over the middle distance trip of 2200 metres. But one would expect a, a similar scenario with school captain uh with that better gate using his his barrier draw uh to to keep out the lost storm it's hard to see the lost storm in any other position other than without cover um but he's strong and we know that from last week but guys he had a gut buster i mean i'm i'm sure the stable now would be able to identify uh, how well or, or not so well he's got through that run from last Saturday night and they could be just buoyed with confidence because they would identify it pretty quickly whether or not there were after effects from that extremely tough run or he could bounce bounce through it. Uh, but he still might have to do it tough and the last time, similar situation, the school captain beat him but it was over the shorter trip. Well, he only won by a head and that was his tough, probably the toughest go he's had, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's right. There's been absolutely nothing between them. And uh, school captains had some ordinary barrier draws since. The school captains actually been runner-up. They've met each other three times, and they've run the Quinella three times. And it's uh, two-one in favour of the Lost Storm. But the barrier draw is the significant factor. Last week, school captain drew outside the back row, and w- went around, sat without cover, did what he had to do to to qualify. Where. He didn't have anywhere near as tough a run as the Lost Storm. The Lost Storm's effort last week, I know we touched on it on Monday. It was extraordinary. For a lot of people who've been around in harness racing for a while, continually scratching their heads as to being able, him being able to keep going after running that, that uh, lead time, that extraordinarily fast lead time, um, to do what he was able to do and keep winning is, uh, it, it's amazing. It's one of the most, uh, brutally, uh, outstanding performances I've seen from a two-year-old. Usually you think of them as being fast, but he had to show both speed and strength the other day. Um, and I've got a little concern as to how we would pull up out of that race because mm. it's the biggest gut buster I've mm. ever seen. Yeah, he's an exciting took, horse. Took down a young horse too with only a week to recover. Well, that's exactly right. And as I said, the stable would know now mm. whether he's bounced through it or not or, or whether or not he's been listless in the previous couple of days. So it'd be interesting. And it could easily go one way or the other. One thing that he did have in his favour, he was a very, very fit horse. It's not as if it was early on in their preparation where it's more likely to flatten them. Mm. In this instance, he went into it really, really fit. So the likelihood is he, he'll probably or is more likely to get through it positively than negatively. But it's worth keeping in mind. They put in a ridiculous performance last week, the stable, Dan, Emma Stewart, Clayton Tonkin. How many are they going to train on Saturday night, do you think? 
Yeah, they'll get a few. It's the night they set themselves for. There's no doubt about that. As to how many they get, you've only got to look at the, the, the markets and see the favourites. They've even got one of the key chances in the trotting mm. uh, race, the, the two-year-old fillies with Susan, is her name, who's very good. She's had her colours lowered by Rockham with Attitude a couple of times, but I don't think there's too much between them. And then Major Delight, who's won eight out of eight. I mean, it's it's almost impossible to see how she can get beaten, but it's good to have a horse like Ludacris, who was an eye-catcher last week, drawn the back row and likely to get the good run. And we shouldn't underestimate Major Delight's stablemate in Tempting Tigress. It's unbeaten in three starts, and in four starts, and is trained by Emma Stewart. Then we've got Ladies in Red and the Tough Tilly Clash. Um, Tough Tilly's beaten Ladies in Red three times previously. I think the middle distance trip is more advantageous for Ladies in Red, but don't rule out Tough Tilly. And then we're getting to races where Techie's watching and the Lost Storm, uh, and also all our Vinny's an emergency, but Don Hugo was good last week. They've got terrific opportunities to win race six. Uh, and then you mentioned the, the Oaks winner in Encypher in the three-year-old fillies. Adamore Vita, Beach Life, Interject, Rich Beauty, uh, Soho Historia, Talk Time, Petty On, and then the first emergency star celebrity. It'd be a shock if they don't win that one, guys. Okay. And that, that extends to, um, Captain Ravishing, who's uh, a short price favourite. And even in the last race, I think Act Now is one of the better bets on the card uh, as well. So, um, we might be running out of fingers again to count up how many winners the stable get. Dan, there's been a few, I reckon, smart bets over the weekend. Ludicrous, um, up against Major Delight. 1200 at $2 for the place. 2500 at $2 for the place as well. And at yeah, twice, two and a half grand twice. It sounds almost oxymoronic, doesn't it? A smart mm. bet, but it's ludicrous. Um, <laughs> it's got the good draw, and uh, it won't, everyone would be, would be expecting Major Delight to lead and ludicrous get the good run. Her effort last week was excellent. She drew back in the field, was last at one point, and she was very much an eye-catcher. So she'll get the good run through and might be a really good place chance and an outside chance of, uh, of beating the favourite Major Delight. One race that the Emma Stewart stable is not sort of gang-tackling is the seventh, the three-year-old trotting Colts and Geldings. It's probably one of the more open races on on the market. Yeah, well, the barrier draw is interesting because Plymouth Chubb's got brilliant gate speed, and I, I fully expect that he'll lead and lead easily. As to what happens then, I'm not sure. It's an advantage to be in front. Uh, Harry Stamper, he needs to balance up, and he's a very good horse. Um, so Plymouth Chubb will cross Harry Stamper. I'm, I'm, I'm quite confident of that. But Horta Cam can get out pretty quick as well. So I think Horta Cam is likely to hold up leaders back, and Harry Stamper... He's probably going to have to make a move at some stage and likely be sitting without cover. I, I doubt Plymouth Chubb would, would take a sit behind Harry Stamper. Um, and Harry Stamper wouldn't want to be on the pegs anyway. The last time he was there, he broke up. So I think he needs clear room. There, two of the main chances. Kravashtor's very good and also very strong. So uh, tactics to see who will sit without cover and who can benefit by a trail between Harry Stamper and Kravashtor will be interesting. Kravashtor's drawn two on the second line, which means he follows through Harry Stamper, but he's probably got more speed. That sets it itself, that sets the race up to be a, a ripper race. They're clearly the three main chances. Emma Stewart does train Hazel Muscle, who's probably a 20 to 1 shot. And, and obviously a rough chance if something goes awry with, uh, with the key chances. But Plymouth Chubb's the horse that, 
remember at his first start, he, uh, he he was involved in a traffic accident near the track and he missed the place on debut. And then he won 14 in a row, including Group 1s. He broke his Paston. And since then, he's come back and uh, he's had some success. He galloped two starts ago and missed out qualifying for the Derby. But he's got brilliant gate speed. He's one of the fastest young trotters that I've seen come out of the gate. So he can lead and give you a great sign. Hey, Dan, we shouldn't forget about tomorrow night as well. It's a terrific night's racing. As a bit of an entree to Saturday night, there's some some great trotting races. But I'm really keen to see how Honolulu Bay goes in the free-for-all as a a bit of a final tune-up ahead of the Inter-Dominion. It is. It's a good. The Inner Dominion starts Saturday week, so it's hot on the heels of this Breeders' Crown night. Um, that's a. I shouldn't say it's a match race. Initially, when I looked at it, I thought, "Oh, it's Honolulu Bay or MacDan," mm. and Honolulu Bay is the favourite. But MacDan's very quick out of the gate. I'd say MacDan's quicker out of the gate than Honolulu Bay. And if MacDan is able to lead, I I wouldn't get sucked into to backing Honolulu Bay at the short quote because. I think Mac in a straight line, if they went 200 metres in a straight line, I'm confident Mac Dan is clearly faster than Honolulu Bay. Honolulu Bay is a good beginner. Mac Dan's a brilliant beginner. So I think Mac Dan can beat Honolulu Bay, but I'm not dogmatic about it. But I just think the market is too swayed one way for Honolulu Bay. Huli Nien's in terrific form, uh, and even better call me, but it's drawn first up. I, I'm... I'm just leaning to Mac Dan ahead of Honolulu Bay. What's the best on a Saturday night out of those? Because, I mean, there's a lot of shorties there. Should they all win? Um, I think so. Uh, and then becomes more difficult to, mm. to find the value. I, I did think Act Now on the last. Like, it's odds on at the moment, but it's the better value of all the shorties. Um, it's, it's one of those nights it's not going to be difficult to take those all ups with a number of those shorties um, identifying the one that's most likely to let you down is the hard part isn't it yeah. there, there is one though uh, Sean that I, I like that's a little bit of odds and that's uh, a Kiwi filly called Arawa Kenny race two number seven uh, her form in, in New Zealand's been good. I really liked her run in the heat at Maryborough. Uh, it's in a good race with Rock and with Attitude drawn too. And uh, Susan is her name uh, on the back low, row with Cognati as well. But uh, I'm keen on Arawa Kenish. The, the harder they go uh, here, the better it'll suit her and you'll get value, each way value. So $19 at the moment on fixed odds. Is that serious? Yeah. Wow, I would have had her about a six or seven dollar shot, so she's nope. way over the mark. Yep. That's I've actually tipped her on top, so there you go. Well, better, you better jump on the app and have a have a little something have on there. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah, speaking of the Inner Dominion, we had um, Tony Hurley on uh, earlier in the week in regards to Bolt for Brilliance because there had been some question marks on whether or not um, he'd actually be bringing that trotter across for the series, mm. and at the moment he's a short price favourite in betting. Um, for the uh, the Trotters division of the Inter Dominion, um, and it was it was good to hear him say that it, it's more likely than not that we will actually see Bolt for Brilliance here in Victoria. Yeah, well that that's a positive. Um, at his best, he, he's clear favourite, um, and with his current form, he's still in the mix. But as I said, the Inter Dominion starts Saturday week, so it's right on our doorstep. Mm-hmm. So we needed some clarification there, and the fact that. 
that was made, uh, thanks to you guys, it made a big difference for the betting uh, for the series. He's now a firm $2.50 favourite, and yet we don't think the horse is going that well. Mm. Um, so, and, and we, we remember what happened with Copy That when he came over, and uh, even though he won a race, he sort of had to. He got a pretty weak race, and he won one for a bit of confidence, but we didn't see him at his best. As soon as he went back home, he wins another New Zealand Cup and beat the best of the best. So, uh, with Bolt for Brilliance, there's always that little bit of a query, particularly when they're trotters but he is a dominant favorite and he seems to have firmed up a bit more since that chat guys which uh, makes a big difference i think for all punters knowing that he's coming uh, at least is uh, is something mm-hmm. where you can weigh up to whether you think the two dollars fifty is value or not as opposed to not sure that he's coming at around three dollars mm-hmm. just got a balls right because he scoped he had a bit of muck down there after they scoped him as well yeah that's exactly right and i think well if, if indeed that was the reason, because he'd been beaten a few times, uh, this preparation, and he's looked a bit plain. So if that's the reason why, and you take him on his best form, he is rightly the $2.50 favourite. Mm. Can't wait for the Inner Dominion uh, next week, Dan. It's, a, it's such a wonderful series. I know it's, we, we've spoken a little bit, a bit, a bit about it over the last few weeks in terms of the quality of horses that may or may not be going, but um, it's such an exciting series, the way that it sets up, and um, it'll roll around in a week's time. Yeah, we'll kicking off at Ballarat. So regional venues, Ballarat, Shepparton and Geelong for the heats and the, the grand final on the, the 10th of December at, uh, at Tabcourt Park, Melton. And, and the pacing ranks is pretty open. Um, the, 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 you know, there's talk about maybe the lack of depth at the top level, but there's plenty of de- depth at that next level. And I think it keeps the dream alive. There'll be more, Connections, there'll be more stables than ever before thinking they've actually got a chance of winning the Inter Dominion this year. And as we saw last year, albeit on protest, uh, Bonsell Benjamin at big odds was able to take out the Inter Dominion. So I think there's plenty of people of dreaming of winning the Melbourne Cup of harness racing and genuinely their dreams are alive. Have you heard whether or not uh, Rock and Roll Do is definitely not participating in the Inter-Dominion, Dan, because I notice he's actually still in the betting with some betting agencies. So I might need to make a call to Mick Stanley after the show just to, to, to clarify that because uh, I was a little bit surprised to see him still in the, in the betting markets with some agencies. Yeah, that's true. That's that's often uh, been the case. He was favoured for it, remember, and then uh, and I thought, It'd be a race series that would suit him. A lot of it just depends on how he travels back from the Inter-Dominion. But I'm sure with only a week to go, uh, we would know f- uh, that the horse was a, a definite uh, runner. I'm thinking that's not to be the case. I'm thinking that he's he's not going to run. And it would be such a shame that uh, it, it did become known that he was going to be involved because the market would change uh, dramatically. I, uh, I, I'm thinking that it's, uh, that's not the case. He won't be in there. Uh, Dan, can't wait for this weekend's harness action. It's going to be huge. Uh, just finally, best across the weekend, Friday or Saturday. Uh, I like Mafasa Metro, who's just into the odds on bracket on Friday night. That's race uh, number seven, is it, on the card? At uh, yeah, race seven, number one, Mafasa Metro, Friday night. And on Saturday night, in the last, if you can wait that long, it's, it's hard. But uh, race 10, number five, act now. Again, just into the odds on, but... They're probably the best value of the shorties, and there's a few of them, but with good reason. Um, we've got some of the the classiest and the best, and the you know best chance of potential champions that we've had in a long time from the age brackets of four, three, and and two. So it will be exciting. Dan, just 
From Saturday night, with all those good things all drawn well, what's the risk? Which is the biggest risk on the night? Would be if I had an all-up taking them all together mm. uh, with the pressure going into Captain Ravishing <laughs> in the yeah. last leg. I think if people are taking those all-ups, he's going to be the one carrying the weight of everyone's uh, long all-ups over the Friday, Saturday night. I, I Look, if all of those horses show up to their best, if every race was run in a straight line, um, I think all of those horses that are short, that dominate the markets, they won't have won't have any trouble winning. The one that's probably split is the school captain, the Lost Storm race. And even in that, there's another horse called Captain's Knock, who we've talked about before. I wouldn't be ruling him out of... Uh, being a major player in that final as well. So, uh, look, the lost storm, the query is how he backs up. He might back up, sit in the breeze, and then come out and win. And we'll be talking about a two-year-old pure steel type of horse, a new yeah. gamelite. He he could be something else. And I, and I guess we need to have those little questions uh, before the race and those little queries because it just makes them um, something I'll, else come race night. I'll help you out. If you want to multi all the shorties up, maybe just leave Captain Ravishing out and watch him go around. At fifteen. I don't want that to be the last leg of my multi <laughs> on a Saturday night. I don't need that in my life. Hey, Danny, good luck over the weekend. Look forward to hearing you call all the action. Can't wait for it. Thanks, guys. And just announced was the Gunbower Cup meeting on the uh, 4th of yes. December. Sunday the 4th has been transferred to Echuca, so it still goes ahead. But because of flooding in the area, the Gunbower meeting, December 4th now at Echuca. Good stuff. Good, Good on you, Dan. Danny. Thanks, guys. There's Dan Malecki, the voice of Harness Racing, right here in Victoria.